special time between December 17th and 24th. The church is preparing our hearts to welcome the Son of God. But each day we'll hear a prophecy from the Old Testament pointing to the reality of, of this Son of God, his incarnation of the Redeemer, pointing to the fact of what is going to happen. And then we'll also hear the gospel preparing us for the, for the moment of the birth of Christ. Today's first reading from prophet of Jeremiah, imagined 600 years ago, and there he sees in this prophetic vision, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous shoot to David. Behold, the days are coming. He's looking forward, anticipating that which will come. Shoot, righteous shoot of David. And we know that, as yesterday we read on the 17th of December, we know that Joseph, both Joseph and Mary, are the descendants of David. So behold, the days are coming when I will raise up a righteous shoot. As king, he shall reign and govern wisely. He shall do what is just and right in the land. And in those days, Judah shall be safe, Israel shall dwell in security. This is the name they give him, the Lord, our justice. When he wrote this, Jeremiah, there was no Israel, because the northern kingdom had disappeared, it was no longer there. It was exiled, newcomers were given. And, then he, and yet he speaks of Israel being there, dwelling in security. Judah in his day be saved. Judah didn't exist either. They were demolished, they were destroyed by Babylonians, was in there. And yet he sees, he sees in that prophetic vision. Therefore, the days will come, says the Lord, when they shall no longer say as the Lord lives, who brought us from the land of Egypt, but rather as the Lord lives, who brought, us, brought the descendants of the house of Israel from the, from the land of the north and from all the lands in which I banished them. They shall again live on their own land. So Jeremiah says that days will come when people of Israel, the people of the covenant, will no longer remember the days when they were freed from the slavery in Egypt. So we're talking about 1400, 1500 before Christ. But they will remember when the Lord will restore them back from not only from the lands of the north, from, from every place. And the land of Israel will reestablish, as you remember, in 1947. This is 2,000 years before, maybe 2,600 years before the, the reality came into being. So you see the prophetic voice of Jeremiah pointing to the reality of what was to take place. And this is what we have. This is what we have. Because justice shall flourish in his time, the fullness of peace will come and the Messiah will be born. And when the reality of God's revelation will be made known, will be proclaimed throughout the whole world. But there's a second aspect today to this gospel, I mean to, the, to this liturgy, is the gospel of St. Matthew. And here we are, is a summary of what shall take place. 
This is how the birth of Jesus came about when his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. But before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. In a very brief way, St. Matthew summarizes the situation. So this is how when his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. And acts very quickly, he says, Joseph, her husband, since he was righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. We will unpack these words because there's so much here. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. The word, words of the gospel summarize this event in a very brief way. And yet there is so much here that we would need to reflect upon. And perhaps also we are invited to look at our own life. What we have is the birth of Jesus Christ, the birth of a Savior, the birth that is given to us by God himself, by the Spirit of God, who formed the gift of life in the womb of Our Lady. But it isn't a new life. It is a Son of God, eternal Word of God, was always with God, but he wishes to manifest the divine reality in a human way. Yes, there were prophetic words of, of Jeremiah, Isaiah, others. They received through the Spirit guidance and understanding. Yes, they have, and yet God the Father wishes to give us his Son to manifest the divinity in human way so that we may hear the Father's voice in His Son. We may hear the Father's love through the actions and, and the events of His Son. He wants us to see who He is in a very incarnate way. So He wants to give us His Son. And this is what we have. It's the birth through the power of the Holy Spirit that Our Lady conceives, but it is the eternal Word becoming flesh. That's the mystery. That's the mystery of God's love. We cannot fully grasp, but we only grasp it through the prism and through the category of love. For God so loved the world that he gave us his son. This is something which today's world doesn't seem to always appreciate. Yes, we have Christians. Yes, we have believers. Yes, we have. And yet, if we don't seem to fully fully accept or embrace or draw proper conclusions from it because we're distracted by the world around us. We're kind of confused by the things which, which are around us. There's so much fear, worry, that it kind of pushes away the reality, very reality of what God has prepared for us as human beings and what he's preparing for us for all eternity through the birth of his son, through his redeeming love his redemption on the cross. So this is why, as we are preparing today, 
and for the next several days, six days before the before the, the event of Christmas itself, we are asked to reflect so that we may grasp more fully, that we may embrace and live it out. Look at the person. First of all, we, we know, you know, the story of of the Annunciation, how the angel Gabriel announced to Our Lady, and our Lord gave her a special gift. He already gave her that freedom to choose, the true freedom by being, uh, by being uh, freed from the original sin so that she may choose in total freedom. Because when we're sinners, sin, sin does not allow us to be free. Sin traps us. So Our Lady received the gift of true freedom through the gift of Immaculate Conception. And so she was able to say in freedom, yes, but now we have St. Joseph today. We just went through a whole year of reflection on Joseph. Perhaps it's good for us just to kind of think back. So what does Joseph do? Okay, what do we see about Joseph today? He is her husband. He is who he's been betrothed. Mary has been betrothed to him. But they have not lived together. And she is found with the with a, with a, uh, she's found with a child. And so now we look at Joseph. He is known as a righteous man. So what does he do? To protect Our Lady, to protect Mary. Yes, she was already a spouse to him, but they, before they lived together, he wants to protect her. So he wants to take the blame upon himself. He wants to divorce her because that means he, he is the one who is the problem. So he wants to divorce her quietly, take upon the responsibility uh, upon himself because he did not, he was unwilling to expose her to shame. Okay, this is one. The caring person will take the blame upon himself in order to protect someone whom he cared for, whom he loved. But the second one is that this was his intention. But the second aspect is now he has an experience of the angel of the Lord appearing to him in a dream. How many people say, well, it's a dream. I've got to take care of things the way I... I decided to do. I've got to take care of things the way I understand it should be. But only a person of faith would understand a dream that seemed to have, and it gave him insights into reality, into this truth. And he accepted it. He embraced it. He embraced this, the words that he received in a dream. Joseph, son of David. He was accustomed to hearing God's word because this is what in the Old Testament would, would, would this is how God would speak. He would speak of what is, you know, the, the apostles or every, every of the person who was of Jewish descent. This is how God would speak. Son of David, son of this always, so Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. 
do not be afraid. For it is through the Holy Spirit that she, that this child has been conceived in her. Do not be afraid to take her. Sometimes today people would say, okay, Joseph is someone who not only did not, does not want to expose his wife, his, his wife to shame, he wants to take the blame, but there's something more. He's willing to listen to the voice that comes through the dream and adjust his life. Adjust his life, which means he had perhaps other plans, but he adjusts his life to the new reality. That's why scripture speaks of him as being just man. A just person will adjust to the new environment, which means is that, you know, if, if uh, his friend or girlfriend becomes pregnant, he adjusts his life. Not eliminate, but adjust his life. Or so many other situations which come along our way. Someone because of sickness, because of illness, mental illness, whatever it may be. The person adjusts his or her life to this, to the spouse they have. Or perhaps other difficulties which may come along, family, environment. Difficulties which we today we see, you know, problems that people have, addictions, to adjust one's life out of love, out of, out of that righteousness, out of that just, ju you know, justice which God is asking us to, 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 to embrace. But there's more here. A belief. It is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. Men of faith, hard reality, you know, especially as, as men, as men and women, but especially as men, we live by what is known as we accept reality as it is. But it is here something that he's invited to believe that is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus. She will bear a son, but you, Joseph, you are to name him Jesus. Jesus' name. Because he will save the people from their sins. Yeshua, the name. God saves. That's what Jesus received, the instruction from from uh, from angel himself, the name to be given is Yeshua. God is the one who saves. He's the Savior. He's the God is our salvation. So Jesus, in the very name of Jesus, the the uh, the uh, the angel Gabriel gives the name to this this Son of God to be Jesus, Yeshua. because he will save his people from their sins. So the importance of what Joseph has received is to give him a prophetic mission in the salvation. Behold, and, and, uh, and St. Matthew says, and this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name Emmanuel, God is with us. 
Next, Joseph awoke and did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife to his home. Joseph follows, follows that which the angel gave him. You know, during this past year, it was Pope Francis who initiated this year of St. Joseph. And he wanted us to do a couple things during this year. Perhaps the gospel today kind of focuses on, on that reality. He says the, the aim of this past year, which we completed this year of St. Joseph on December 8th, on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, is to encourage us to implore his intercession and to imitate his virtues. So that we may increase our love for the saint, that we may encourage, and that we may be, have greater courage to implore his intercession and imitate his virtues. And, and, and it is Pope Francis who in that letter, apostolic letter, which was very, uh, a wonderful title, Patris Corda, with the Father's heart, with the Father's heart, as a path for us to be like him, so that we may live, it's not only for the fathers themselves and for the mothers themselves, but to have the heart of a father. And what type of father's heart does he speak of? He's a beloved father, caring for his spouse, caring for, for the son to be born, caring for the well-being of that family, caring that they will have food on their table, that will have a home, caring for them, the father with the father's heart. And, it, and it, with the father's heart, he's to live at the service of, the, of his mother and the son, putting aside, putting aside, setting aside his own plans. He's to be a tender, loving father who has compassion on the children even though not his child, to care for another child, for care a child, even though it's not his own, and yet to express the tenderness love. He's also an obedient father to the revelation, a dream. As you know, it's not only at this very moment of the birth, but then Herod wants to kill the child. He wants to make sure that the child is protected, and even though going into exile, so that making sure that the child will be saved. This is also the accepting father and courageous father, a creative father, a working father, a father also in the shadows, not manifesting with fanfare what I'm, what I'm doing for someone else, because there's no references to gospel at all, where we would say, okay, he did something and he was very proud of doing. He did it in a very quiet way. There's a mystery here that, that we have before us, the mystery of someone who's willing to say yes to God's plan of salvation, mystery of someone like we all of us are to say yes to God, to the plans that he has given to us, that we're willing to set aside our plans or perhaps even set aside our own needs or disordered needs for the sake of the gospel, because of something which is greater than we can ever imagine, what God has prepared for us. But also I'd like to say it for the conclusion of this reflection, 
is that Pope Francis, when he prepared this extraordinary uh, document on Joseph, he said something which is very important. He said that he wants to point to us the, the St. Joseph's attitude, the St. Joseph's way of living of so many people, especially during this pandemic, who, despite the dangers, despite the difficulties, continued to, to work, whether in hospitals, in healthcare, who continued to work in the various places of, whether it's grocery stores or wherever, who were willing to expose themselves even to danger of their death, and yet they wanted to do these things quietly. So he says, look, look at these people who live out the attitude of St. Joseph, the doctors, nurses, storekeepers, supermarket workers, cleaning personnel, caregivers, transport workers, um, men and women who provide essential services and the public safety, volunteers, priests, men, women, religious, and so many others. How many fathers and mothers and grandparents and teachers and taking care of, taking care of children despite the difficulties, the sacrifices which they have to continually endure, sacrifices they have to do. This is the type of attitude of Joseph. This is a type of attitude of St. Joseph which is being manifested in each one of our lives. And this is why, just as Joseph, whose work and his life goes unnoticed, because it's a daily carrying of the responsibilities, discreet in that his presence, and yet it is an essential, an essential type of ministry work which all of us are asked to perform. So maybe then today, by the gospel that we read today, when we meditated on the, on the mystery of the salvation given to us through Our Lady, to St. Joseph, and the mystery of salvation which is given to us today, that we work quietly, we work with a great sense of responsibility to bring forth the gospel to bring forth love, to bring forth the message and plans of God for eternity, because our life does not end here. Whatever we do here, living the life of love, self-sacrificing love, and also by proclaiming the gospel, by reminding people of what is the future to be like, for us, that we may be filled with that consolation and even joy of knowing that what we do here self sacrificing ourselves for on behalf of others, embracing and embracing the will of God for each one of us, that we may one day share in that glory, that joy that he has prepared for us for all eternity to live with God, to live with the, with the saints, to live with our members of our own families and loved ones, so that we may share that, that fullness of the divinization, the fullness of being God-like, life that will never end, a God that is prepared for us through his son, Jesus. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. 
simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.